The fanfare for the common man. Hmm. Shorthand for Olympic athletic achievement. Oh, okay. Let's hope that common man isn't overweight or a Jew or a woman. Uh-oh. Because things are going bad in Tokyo. Uh-oh, what's going on? Well, these games. Yeah. These games mm-hmm. are unpopular. Yeah. And Toyota mm-hmm. has withdrawn their advertising support of what what something I'd have to imagine would be one of the biggest probably advertisers for the games. Huh. Take our anthropomorphic car. Get them out of there. <laughs> Don't want it. Won't take it. Yeah. Okay. Why wait this long to pull out if you're going to, you know, you're like... I don't know. Why the president of the the Olympic Organizing Committee, Yoshiro Mori, stepped down after coming under criticism for saying that women talk too much in meetings. I heard about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. Uh, do not agree. Yeah. Uh, very much dislike. Uh, the, their creative director, Hiroshi Sasaki... Stepped down after suggest- suggesting that a plus-sized comedian and fashion designer, Naomi Watanabe, should uh-huh. show up as Olympic. Yeah, I heard about that one, too. Oh, oh. Yeah. Did you hear really about the cool. composer of the Olympics, Keigo Oyamata, stepping down no. after uh, bullying uh, disabled classmates or admitting to, in the past... Awesome. Well, that's something we talked about recently on um, yeah. Sailor Noob is yeah. bullying in Japan. So he had told Quick Japan magazine in 1995. Oh, this is so long ago. Yeah, keep listening. He had confined a classmate in a cardboard box and forced a boy with an intellectual disability to eat his own feces and to masturbate in front of other children. Oh my God, that's terrifying. But he stepped down, so it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Like you need to repent and apologize. And did to you know that oh the president of the organizing committee for uh-huh. the opening ceremony, yeah. Seiko Hashimoto, uh-huh. was fired mm-hmm. because he uh, apparently had a comedy act. First of all, never don't hire comedians. <laughs> they're the, they're for scum, the Olympics, they're the scum of the earth. Yeah. And he uh, had a had a line in his comedy act about playing Holocaust. He wanted to play Holocaust with someone. What does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't translate. And I definitely this for me. That's the least of everything that we have said so far because he is a comedian and he is doing a Holocaust joke. Wow, that's never happened before. But well, let's just not. Yeah. <laughs> How about yeah. not? Okay. Um, and so, you know, they were able to cut the, you know, the the uh, act with all the people in the striped pajamas. They thought, we'll just keep that out of yeah. our opening ceremony. I'm good. Put the Gundam stuff in instead. Yeah. Yellow stars out, Gundams are in. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. That's what I agree with you. I second that. That is terrifying. That's four major officials in controlling positions. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. If you're Toyota, mm-hmm. why were you in it for this long? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Yeah. The writing is on the wall. and, and Well, and the COVID-infected in- yes. sputum is on the wall. Exactly. Why are we doing this at all? Are we just like so ready? I think we all just have cabin fever and we're just like, it's done, everybody. We did it. We no. did it. It's over. No? No. 
What is it? People with cabin fever are going out to restaurants and being shitty to their wait staff. Sure. People who are industrialists and capitalists uh, who have an investment yep. in this parade, this M&M parade that happens every four years. Yep, yep. Those are the people that are going to kill people to get their money back. No, you're you're absolutely correct about that. And yes. thank you for correcting me. Um, Although Sailor Moon is a is a sponsor. Indirectly. Yeah, not not a fan about that either. I understand why fans are upset about that. You know, um, we don't want our popular anime characters associated with this not so great Olympic year. Goku says his viral load is over nine thousand. That's how that works, right? Yeah, like really he's like super powerful because anime. Yeah, he's. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe he's he's super vaccinated. So that's what's happening in Tokyo as the games have uh, begun. Um, we will have no updates on them because who cares? But also we're too busy for that at the yeah. Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Calvin, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Ikan And we are getting ready for our appearance this year. Speaking of events that maybe should have been canceled, yeah, at Convergence twenty twenty one, we'll be there. We will be arriving as guests of the con first week of August, first weekend in August, mm-hmm. uh, starting on the fourth and going through. Uh, well, starting on the fifth, I suppose we'll be putting posters up on the fourth. Uh-huh. But it's the fifth through the eighth, and we'll be showing up on panels, uh, talking to professionals that are there. Having a general good time and also broadcasting. Yes. Every day. I hope we have a good time. For you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope so. I, I hope it, We've got it's some pretty a, good stuff lined up, I think. We do. I, I just, fingers crossed, it's a positive experience for, for everyone. And to let you know, like, the, you know, the difference between us and the Olympics, say, um, I haven't said anything about the Holocaust that you can prove. And two, uh, we'll be wow. masked the entire time. Yeah, and are both vaccinated. In fact, I need to. to yeah, well. well, we're both vaccinated, but uh, I need to buy a couple, maybe new masks to okay. uh, show off something or other. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out. But yeah, we will be delivering that to you in the future. So stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about today? Well. Yeah. Well. If you want to talk um, about disappointments? Toys. toys. <laughs> we're talking about toys. <laughs> Uh, on this particular weekend, and I don't think anybody planned this, but that's how it worked out. Mm. Two very popular toy lines from the 1980s who have birthed their own respective intellectual property lines that Mm. have continued up until this time, both debuted something rather major this weekend. Yes. One of those things was Masters of the Universe Revelation. Yep. The He-Man reboot slash continuation mm-hmm. from creator Kevin Smith, which is on Netflix. It's a cartoon. Yep. In the style of the old-timey He-Man cartoon. And also a new film, Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, which yep. is a new entry in the G.I. Joe movie franchise, of which there are two movies so far, other than Snake Eyes. Yeah. And right. have nothing to do with this. No. And will have nothing to do with this going forward. Mm-hmm. So this is essentially like a... Soft reboot? Uh, I would would call it like a medium Uh, hard reboot of the entire series, uh, hopefully succeeding. Going forward, we have watched both of those and we're ready to talk about them on this show. That's right. Um, Ready to talk as much as we can about both of those properties, which um, I guess... G.I. Joe. Yep. Mm He-Man. Right? Those two. Yep. Those two. Uh, Those were my toys. Those were your toys when I was growing up. Yeah, and I would add Transformers. Yeah, but I don't. We were too poor to to get me many Transformers. 
Oh, Transformers were expensive. Most of the Transformers I played with were my friends' Transformers because okay. we couldn't afford Transformers. All right, fair. Uh, I could afford little little men with uh, you know plastic hands that could hold uh, you know guns and and you stick a hole in their back and it's a backpack or whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Somehow He Man was fine, but uh, yeah, would have thrown Transformers on there. Couldn't couldn't afford a lot of Transformers. Okay. I, uh, what about Star Wars? Yeah, what about uh, Star Wars? I don't know. Kind of missed that. I don't know what I was doing. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. You couldn't watch driven, movies. I couldn't watch so, the movies. A lot yeah. of it's driven by that. I was going to say. So when I went to the Kmart and there was just literally an entire aisle that was just black boxes of Kenner Star Wars figures, I was like, huh, this, this guy's got a butt face. Okay. Yeah, right. Let's go. Oh, that's this guy's uh, walking carpet. Okay. Right, great. Right, right. Yeah, I, no, I didn't know. No. So I wasn't asking for them. No. Well, how do you if if these were your toys? I have you, some of them still. I believe you. I have and a I, box full yeah. of toys. There's pl- probably plenty of GI Joes in there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably a couple He Man's in there, mm-hmm. and probably a lot of Transformers. Oh, so you do have some Transformers. When I became an adult with my okay. own money, I went out and bought some Transformers. Okay. All right. <laughs> Since these are your toys. Can you give the us the toys that made me? Yes, exactly. Um, can you give us a preview of how you feel having watched these properties? No. Oh. Stick around for the segment. Okay. But before that, the news. <laughs> Let's just start right off with a story that I know you'll love. All right. Let's Over $200,000 has been raised to help save the Studio Ghibli Museum. Oh, good. I didn't know it was in trouble. Located so. in Mitaka in Tokyo, uh-huh. it has launched a crowdfunding drive. Okay. It's asking for $45. That's $5,000 yen, or not dollar, just yen donations. Okay. Uh, which you can write off, and it is looking to get some money as of so far, uh, as of this uh, broadcast. It has made 22,156,000 yen, Holy which cow. is, uh, of course, $200,000. Okay. And it seems like that is going to be enough to save it. Good. Uh, COVID-19 has rocked. Rocked! The uh, Studio Ghibli's uh, efforts to stay open, but you ever heard of this? Uh, <laughs> that this particular fundraiser? <laughs> oh my God, The museum. Please. Yes, of oh. course. Well, I, you didn't indicate. I I did. I said I I I didn't know they were they were looking for money, but yeah, I, I didn't know they existed. No, I knew that. What? Don't talk for me. Um, talk for yourself. I'm trying to. I follow their YouTube uh, channel. <laughs> I didn't know that. And, this is the first I heard. And they had a couple of videos that they did during the pandemic where they did like little video tours. <laughs> Of the museum, just, kind so, of trying little, to... Little piles of money on fire. Well, no, I think they were kind of trying to keep people interested yeah. and, like, keep people, you know, like, wanting to come back once they were able to open the doors again. Yeah. You know, and uh, I watched a couple of videos, too, of uh, Miyazaki and, like, his producer, whose name escapes me right now, Um talking and them talking about the museum and and Ghibli in general, but it was all in Japanese and there was no subtitles. So, (laughs) I mean, you know, but yeah, um, very much aware of the museum, would really like to go someday. They have a a cat bus, but it's um, basically the size for small children, so I'm not sure if I would be allowed on or not. More of a cat golf cart. Yeah, well, 
you know. But uh, yeah, I would very much like to go someday. Did you know that the guy that designed the game series Dark Souls? Yeah. His name is Miyazaki. No relation. No. I did not know that. No relation. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it, it's not necessarily a, uh, I think it's a somewhat common ish name, last name. Um, What's like the Anderson of Japan? Oh, God. You would ask me that. Um, One of those I, characters has to mean son of, right? And then it's son of. Uh-huh. I don't know the answer to that <laughs> off the top of my head. Um, no I'm, one expects you to. All right. No well, one. Okay. Uh, should we talk Marvel news? Yeah, let's. Wanted to mention that, and this won't be be Marvel news really, but of course, San Diego Comic Con is this weekend. Oh. Uh, normally, we'd have a whole show based around it, but yeah. since Marvel and DC both decided not to go. Uh, there's not a ton to talk about. That's so weird. Um, the most recent Dune trailer was released probably just in general connection with it. Yeah. Uh, There was a trailer for Star Trek Prodigy, the new animated series. Oh. Uh, There was a new Lower Decks Star Trek trailer. Mm. Um, and of course there was a, um, trailer for the Blade Runner, um, sort of animated, uh, Oh, okay. Uh, So we won't really be talking about those because we hadn't really planned to. But we'll we'll talk about some of the uh, Marvel Studios news that we've got. Okay. And uh, here's a little bit. So Charlie Cox was going to attend a convention. Oh, okay. He was going to go to the Fan Fest. Actually, this is called Celebrity Fan Fest. So I'm not sure if that's connected to the the Fan Fests that we know. But uh, it's in San Antonio. He had to cancel. Sorry, he's got a film. He's got a film. Now, people are, some people, some people are losing their minds. Of course they are, as they do. Because at this time, Mm. Spider-Man No Way Home is currently undergoing reshoots. Mm Mm-hmm. And and he's been rumored to be in that as Daredevil. I think I've heard rumors. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think... Well, let me put it this way. Do you think he'll show up as Daredevil or do you think he'll show up as Matt Murdock or both? Like, does Spider-Man need a lawyer? Or um, isn't this like... Yes. Okay. Isn't this like a multiverse? Like there's it like is. lots of different... Okay. It is. So why would you, with a dozen guest stars as it is, why yeah. would you bury Charlie Cox under all of that? It's not unless, great. Unless, and I don't believe this is true, Mm. And I'm the biggest Daredevil fan on earth. But I know. Unless you just were 100% sold on Charlie Cox and his former performance as Daredevil. Which was awesome. And you wanted a full court press mm. to, um, you know, Black Panther uh, appeared in Civil War before he got his own movies. You know what I mean? Like right. you were looking to, you know, center him in the universe. So right. yes, there was a framing story where at the beginning of the movie – uh, Peter Parker is suing J. Jonah Jameson for outing him there as Spider-Man. Go. Right. And he's represented by Nelson and Murdoch. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of craziness happens and maybe it gets erased. Like there's no court case anyway. It doesn't matter. But we still know that like he exists in this world and maybe we'll see him in, in a future movie. That could be. Yeah. But it just seems like, I don't know. Here's something else too. Um, Spider-Man and Daredevil definitely have, you know, a, a connection in the in the comic books. Yeah. And they're both... Both New York-based, Manhattan-based superheroes um, who have similar power sets. I mean, I can't stick to walls, but you know what I mean. Uh, They can both detect things that are happening. Uh, But Spider-Man's real friend is Johnny Storm. 
So mm. if you were going to slip anybody into a Spider-Man movie, mm, yeah. you would try to set up a Fantastic Four thing, right? I see. Yeah. Maybe it's too soon for that. I don't know. I don't... It's frustrating, isn't it? Because I have no idea what their uh, plan is for Fantastic Four, and they're really not giving us many clues. No. They just... it It's happening is basically all they've told us. Yeah. Which is not much, nope. honestly, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So um, I just... Here's my concern. I I would be excited if he's going to show up. I just I don't want it to be like he, him showing up in the movie and then being erased as if he didn't, you know, and then not showing up in anything else. <laughs> oh, oh that you would think that they will stink. use this multiverse thing to sort of uh, clip a few um, uh, stumps or whatever they called it in Loki. Well, maybe like prune. or maybe They'll just prune a few things or maybe they're gonna like um maybe, quicksilver uh, us like they did with wandavision and be like here here's what you want fans maybe this is what you want dangle come, in front of us and then take it away m'lady m- 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 come come m'lady what i don't as my brain dies i forget all names but i guess i know jessica jones maybe they'll be like jessica jones will be like yeah let's go oh my god what's that wave of oh i'm d- gone Right. Yeah. Right. They'll take the, maybe they'll use the multiversal things to wipe out the Netflix universe, and we'll just see Charlie Cox standing there as. Why would you even do it? Though, a pair if that's... of sunglasses and a cane dropped to the ground, <laughs> and they're no more. I freaking hate it. Uh, maybe you'll like this. Hmm. Michaela Cole has been added to the cast of Black Panther Two: Wakanda Forever. Okay, I don't know if I know who that. Okay, uh, now you probably is. don't know, but I know that you've seen ads or posters for the BBC One HBO show, um, which is on Netflix, I think. Okay, it's on Netflix for a while, right? Called "I May Destroy You," and there is a black woman who is the poster face for that thing. Oh boy, um, I cannot picture this anyway. like at all. But okay, okay, all right. She was also on Black Mirror. So anyway, okay. uh, and she oh she was in that show Chewing Gum too. Okay, all right. Chewing Gum. I have no. Uh, That's no another idea. British show that was also on Netflix. Okay, I guess I gotta catch up on British shows. I guess on you uh, pay attention to different things that I do. But anyway, she is going to be in the Black Panther sequel. Who's she playing? Nobody knows. We don't know. Nobody knows. Okay, Doesn't. all right. I well, I mean, I guess it's good that we're moving forward with Black Panther. So. I know. You know how I feel about it and how you feel about it. We, so. both, we feel the same. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that Miss Marvel, the series, and Hawkeye, the series, are both set to release in 2021, this I fall? I think we talked about that before. And my initial reaction when I think we talked about this off air was that I feel like Hawkeye is I feel like Hawkeye is going to happen because he's been mentioned recently, like at the the end of, of Black well, it's, Widow. It's going to happen. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's going to happen this year. Um, but then you mentioned um, that. Oh, you think Miss Marvel's not going to happen. And what you don't know is that was finished before the pandemic. Well, and then you then you told me that. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they both will come out, but it's unclear. But like why four shows in a year? And four. And it's a pandemic year. Three movies. Yeah. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and Eternals. Well, they might so change. We are, they are back, baby. Remember how it was like, oh, yeah. it's a year off. Everybody's going to write this year off. We're not mm-hmm. going to worry about it. And maybe we can save up some of this stuff. And then it's like, it's great. It's like, oh, I did my homework. But before, I, I thought it was due tomorrow. But mm-hmm. it's due next week. And now I'm all well, set. We've, we've had. But instead, they're like, no, let's just get it all out. <laughs> we've had three Marvel shows already this year. Yeah. Th- that's crazy. Yeah. And, and Black Widow. So... 
Yeah, I don't know why they don't try to save it a little bit. Um, just save it. It's all stacked up. Just save it. Yeah, I know. Like, they have to release it at a certain time. It's all stacked up because yeah. um, they've already released Black Widow, so that is supposed to lead us directly into Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. And then the events of Miss Marvel must connect somehow something. to something. Oh, Captain Marvel 2. She's going to be in Captain Marvel 2. Which comes out in 2023? I don't know. At this point, I don't know either. So. Um, but she is, um, you know, she's an inhuman mm-hmm. if they're going to go with that. Maybe yeah. they won't. Maybe they'll make her a mutant. I don't think they should, but whatever. And yeah. uh, maybe that is, you know, everybody, everybody sees X-Men under every rock. So we'll see if any of these X-Men things... X-Men and Fantastic Four under well, every well, rock. I don't think so. people are looking for the Fantastic Four as hard as I am. But All right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, something else. Uh, let's talk about the fact that the finales of Loki and WandaVision mm. sync up like Dark Side of the Moon and The Wizard of Oz. How so? I'll tell you. In the last episode of WandaVision and the last episode of Loki... Yes. At exactly 27 minutes and 55 seconds, Mm -hmm. they sync up. They sync up? Yes. Like how? So Wanda becomes the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. This is when they're flying in the sky and they're throwing things around and she gets her hat or her power or whatever. Yeah, she's got her whole costume. That's what happens in WandaVision. Over in Loki, he who remains says, oh, we just crossed the threshold. I don't know what's going to happen now. Huh, interesting. And then at 2814 in Mm -hmm. WandaVision, Wanda has taken all the magic from Agatha and she falls to the ground. She drops down and hits the ground. Yep. And in Loki, he who remains drops something, I don't know, whatever he's got, (laughs) onto his desk. Uh Uh-huh. And he goes, oh, there we go. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh-huh. What nerd figured this out? Like, took the time to time everything. And at 27.50, this happened. Okay. All right. Maybe we have too much time on our hands. That's cool. Do you think that that was intentional? It would be pretty weird if it wasn't. Okay. No one has confirmed anything Mm -hmm. either way. So do you think... Oh, and speaking of those Marvel movies. Yeah. Spider-Man comes out in December. So that's actually like four Marvel movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, only three months after that in 2022, the Multiverse of Madness comes out. We'll see. Are you stressed? I am now stressed by the things I enjoy. (laughs) Well, it's just a lot to process, right? And I'm like, okay, one of the panels I have to be on is the MCU uh, retrospective. Good luck. Uh, um, Yeah, and the moderator is like, should we talk about the TV shows too? And I'm like, oh my God, it's called the MCU. Let's stick to the movies. But I I also don't want to be that fan and be too like... If the shows come up, you know, I mean, I'm sure people are going to mention Loki and WandaVision and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so is the theory then that WandaVision and Loki happen at the same time since they sync up? Is that the theory? Well, you can't make it work exactly because as mm-hmm. we talked about previously, when we talked about Loki, you know, that episode takes place sort of outside of time. Doesn't the whole series kind of take place outside of time? Fair enough. Yeah. But it's, it's established... 
in the opening sequence with all the quotes from the Marvel Universe. That's true. And we pull out and we also hear Greta Thunberg for some reason. Among uh, other people. Yeah, we, we are out, we are removed from the timeline. But maybe yeah. as a Nexus being or maybe because it's, you know, maybe it's just metaphorical, but she does something. Her gaining her power, you know, mm, is important to I what see. happens. I see. And is is breaks the flow of time or she is a new power that can intervene within this. And of course she's she screws things clearly up. <laughs> important to the multiverse yes. of madness that yes. will come. Yes. Which I'm sure will be very sensitive portrayal of mental illness. Let's talk about Oh my god. How Black Widow's not doing good. <laughs> so Black Widow did okay. Came out two weeks ago. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. It was immediately superseded by Space Jam, which is like what the next week. Yeah, and then this week, oh god, old has blown both Space Jam and Snake Eyes away, <laughs> as well as Black Widow. I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't think we're even talking about Black Widow. Yeah, anymore. They're, it's not even in the mix anymore. Yeah. And because it's clearly, clearly, many companies have all seen their fortunes sort of usurped, but Disney, Disney, the company, is worried about. Piracy. Oh, and also Disney what? Plus cannibalizing their movie revenues. And I'm like, well, you made 60 million bucks on your streaming service in addition to the 120 million that Black Widow made at the at the box office. So maybe not worry about that so much. Okay. Okay. A couple of things. We're still in the middle of a pandemic, Disney, in case you didn't realize it. And some- They don't. And some states are doing, and some countries are doing better than others. And we happen to be in an area where it's not so bad, but other areas have like variants that are like really, really bad. So yeah, people can't the go see the there. movie theater. Yeah, right. The Trans Virus Authority. Yeah, now we have like <laughs> like there's a there's a variant of of COVID nineteen, and then we now we have lo- the low key variants, and so I'm not sure how I feel about that. But anyways, um, I don't want to be. Comp- compared to a virus um but there's a lot of things going on here and then there's people who probably are signed up to disney plus and maybe just prefer to watch it at home why are they now suddenly afraid of of piracy like you're not going to have the numbers you had pre-pandemic you're just not yeah um first of all second of all this movie has been postponed for god knows how long we should have had a black widow movie before she died I, I could go on and on and on about this, and you're just like, oh, oh, it's it's piracy. Uh, I I don't know. And then like, oh, I'm worried that we made the wrong move and made movies available on Disney Plus. Well, you shot yourself in the foot then if you're worried about that. Like, um, you're gonna have your magic again. People are still talking about your shows. They're still going to your movies. They're not. You need to chill well, you out. Sixty percent of the box office. Yeah. You'd think that you could just, you know, rest on the fact that you're going to make more than half of the money, no matter what happens. But maybe if you make more than half of the money, you think we're not making enough money. I think that they never think they're making enough money. No, of course not. So, which is why you want to avoid monopoly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would happen if they broke up the mouse? <sighs> I don't One know. One mistake is all it takes. And your empires come undone. I walk y- away. Yep, because you're breaking up the mouse. <laughs> um, yeah, I, maybe they should do that. I I don't know. Maybe having Marvel and Star Wars and everything else under one roof is too much. Well, I don't know how you even go about doing that. I don't either. Uh, there's no precedent, I don't think. Uh, at me if there is. Let's talk about. 
the movie Blade, which doesn't come out for a long time, but yeah. we are moving forward. We've got a director now. Oh, good. A guy named Bassam Tariq. Okay. He is a Pakistani-born American filmmaker, and he has uh, okay. made a bunch of movies that you've never heard of. Okay. As is custom for Marvel's uh, hiring. I'm you not... think that, why not back a dump truck of money up to Martin Scorsese's house and go, you do it, Right. Uh, I don't Let want Martin him. Scorsese make a Marvel film. Okay, but not, isn't that the not real Blade, victory? You, you shoot all the pirates in the face, mm-hmm. right, on live TV, and then also you make Martin Scorsese direct uh, Spider-Man Four. Sure. Yeah. Do it. Or Coward. I don't know. Uh, what's his style? Oh, the Magia. Yeah, you have the Magia be the bad guys. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know who the Magia. Ever since are. I was a little kid, I always wanted to be a Spider-Man. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, so he has directed a bunch of stuff that uh, you don't really know, but he was called uh, one of the twenty-five new faces of independent film. Well, there we go. In two thousand and twelve. That's why ten Marvel's... years ago. Oh, that's ten years ago. I wonder if they predicted that he'd be working for uh, the company that owns sixty percent of the market share of the space. And then the uh, movie will be written by Stacy Osei Kafour. She okay. is a, a screenwriter, uh, also sometime actress, who has written for a Watchmen, uh, HBO's Watchmen. Oh yeah. And the Hulu series Pen Fifteen. Okay. I so is Blade going to be funny? That. Well, I mean, the original Blade was kind of funny. I feel of like it was Snipes. only funny because they let Wesley Snipes write like a lot of his own dialogue. Yeah. Don't you think it would have been like a super serious, yes. self-important slog if if they didn't let him just, you know, talk about like ice skating uphill and stuff like that? Which is, oh my God, what a line and the way he delivers it. Um, I can't imagine, I can't imagine Blade without a sense of humor. I can't somewhat. imagine it without... Mr. Wesley Snipes. I really hope he's in there somewhere as a cameo. We'll I think that would just honestly have uh, Mr. Snipes' blessing, you know, passing the torch and all that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, just have him, maybe his version of Blade is like an older vampire now or something like that. I don't know. He's a freaking vampire, timeless, but just. Well, he's I, a half vampire. Well, that's right. That's right. So maybe he does age a little bit. But I think it would be it would be cool. I generally don't disagree. <laughs> how do you how do you feel? Um uh, okay. All right. You you generally don't disagree. You disagree a little bit. Well, we'll see. Um do you want to talk about DC stuff? Sure. So this happened uh it was almost an immediate turnover, but DC went out and they started looking for a Batgirl. Yeah. Because they are working on a uh, HBO film. Mm, okay. Uh, HBO Max film. Yep. That would uh, feature Batgirl. Okay. And so uh, there was a story about how they were looking at people like um, Zoe Deutsch, uh, Isabella Merced, all these kind of up-and-coming actresses. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, almost immediately, they had somebody. Oh. Because I never told you my story. Oh. So we watched, for no good reason, uh, Batman uh, Forever. And, <laughs> well, okay, the good it's, reason was... I'm on a Batman movie panel yeah, coming up. But it's, it's, it's no not good, a good there's movie. There's no good reason to watch Batman no. Forever. Uh, but anyway, um, and the, the, uh, Chris O'Donnell, 25-year-old Chris O'Donnell oh plays my God. Teenage Robin. Yeah. Before, I remember when that... I, I was in college and I was an acting student 
and that movie was in process. And they held sweepstakes mm-hmm. where they went around the country mm-hmm. and you know auditioned uh, just walk up actors to be in that. So me and my friends were all like. Let's do a bunch of push-ups and let's let's do okay. some sit-ups and we're gonna go to the local mall or wherever sure. and having these tryouts. Yeah. And then they cast Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. At that time, huge circle of friends, probably something else. He was I don't popular know. He at was the big. time. Yeah. yeah. So that so clearly they never ever cared. So well, did you go to this, the audition? No, we never actually went. Oh, okay. Uh why would that make the story better? Yes. Yeah, we did. <laughs> but I uh, I blew out an ab on my fiftieth push uh, push up and uh well Reading that story, and then also just two days later, reading that they had cast Leslie Grace, the woman that recently starred in In the Heights, as Batgirl, makes me say, "So that's all bullshit." Then, whenever they say they're we're combing everything, it's yeah, all bullshit. Yeah, it kind of seems like yeah. it, doesn't it? Yep. When it's like, yep. we're we're going to all the malls. We're going to find this, an unknown. Let's get this woman who <laughs> was in this unsuccessful movie by Midland Memo Miranda. Yeah, right. And but, so uh, she's going to play Bat- Batgirl. So okay. now we have a Hispanic Supergirl and a Hispanic Batgirl. All right. Or L- Latinx. L- Latinx, yeah. Um, what does that say? Um, DC's getting more diverse, question mark? DC not is, diverse. D- <laughs> They're all at next. <laughs> DC is trying Here's what to it says pull to me. people in. It says that HBO it doesn't uh-huh. talk to WB Films. Yeah. Because well. I don't think there's any... Make them, make, super, make them all Hispanic. I don't care. Yeah. But in terms of like trying to fill your Crayola box of crayons, you wouldn't make like standout... Young, you send out you know, young teenage whatever uh, yeah. female character and stand out young teenage female character, both Latinx, right? No, I understand you make her what you're a saying. Black woman, or you yeah. make her an Asian woman, or right. something like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, make that, it that a tells more me diverse. that there's just still zero cross checking in this giant corporation. Yeah, yeah. That I mean that that all makes out. Like I mean that's that's DC's mo, right? Just incommunicado with each other. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, Do you think that Shazam, the producers of Shazam, even bothered asking whether Henry Cavill was available, or they always just thought, "Oh, she's a guy with no head." Good question. For this scene at the end. I don't know the answer to that. I wonder <laughs> if they even asked because now knowing uh, that he's going to don't that doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess. Well, uh, let's talk about another HBO product. It's The Last of Us. Yes. Which is quickly shaping up to be one of the most expensive shows ever made. Mm. Of course, stars Pedro Pascal. Yes. And Bella Ramsey mm-hmm. as the title characters. Are they the last of them? They're not the title characters. Joel and Ellie. Yeah, right. The, the, main, the main characters. characters. Yeah. Right. It's starting to look like uh, it will cost $10 million an episode. Holy cow. That's and a lot. Ultimate, I don't know how many uh, episodes there will be apparently, uh, overall, but you know, it'll be hundreds of millions mm. uh, with uh, all the production costs. For wow. It. So it'll be one of the most expensive shows of all time, topping even Game of Thrones. And possibly The Pacific, an HBO series Whoa. that cost $200 million for that crap. <laughs> the Pacific was... Not great. It was really disappointing. And I'll tell you, I mean, you know, uh, Cal, but like one of the reasons I think I found it as so, super disappointing was just how amazing Band of Brothers was. And it's like, from the group who brought of people who bought you Band of Brothers, here it comes. It's The Pacific. And it was just... And I think they knew that. Yeah. And I think they decided was... intentionally to not try and copy Band of Brothers for that reason. Which is fine. There was, you know, there was more romance. There's more focus on individual 
people, you know, soldiers in the thing. But yeah, ultimately it was just like, I don't know if there just wasn't as a narrative to find in the Pacific campaign, but it just wasn't as good as Band of Brothers. I think the writers found it must have found it hard for to last that whole episode because they 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 you know bra- <coughs> braided three different <coughs> they they took three different stories, braiding. huh? Yeah. They they in- finish. They entwined. Finish it. Stop it. They entwined three different stories together. That and and none of the individual stories from those three were like particularly um, enthralling or, or moving. And so you, you just it was like, who do I follow? Who do I? I don't really know who these characters are. I don't. Really, why do I care about them? You don't know who rich kid who's scared of war is. No. <laughs> Isn't that like most of Eugene? Yeah, I don't remember any you of You don't remember names. who, uh, the guy who's a hero, wasn't it Bastone, right? Who's the actor who, who... You don't remember Rami Malek? Yeah, see, Rami Malek, I remember seeing he, Rami he Malek. He focus, though. No, he wasn't, but yeah. I remember him, he was like... Crazy eyes. He was a weird dude, but he, he was a, a standout performance, I guess? I don't know. Um, well, I don't think anybody th- thought that. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> guy's got an Oscar, though. <laughs> he does. Uh, let's talk about something that's not DC, but remain. Well, it's not Warner Brothers, but it is DC. Uh, Neil Gaiman has got the green light to make Anansi Boys yes. at Amazon. Yes. So, here's my question. Mm. I think you know what it is already. Mm. It, apparently, you... Does that mean no... Well, what does this mean? <laughs> because... Yeah. <clears throat> Do you retain individual rights to your characters? Because I don't know the answer. Because if Stars is making your show, yeah, and American Gods, and mm-hmm. then presumably at least one character, Mister Anansi, uh, or some other characters, will have to come over to this show. Uh, is there no problem there? And, that is a fantastic question. And, I don't know the answer to. I mean, I know why he's not working with Stars. <laughs> it's going yeah. forward. Yeah. But yeah. How does that? Does Amazon buy out the rights to continue making this, or is there any connection at all? Yeah, I I think that all remains to be seen. Um, I mean, somebody mentioned when I was reading about this that uh, An- Anansi is a little older in throughout this story. So, but you also said he's a guy. Literally, it's timeless. African yeah. Guy. So does he? Does the character really age? So I don't know the answer to any of these things. I'm sure Neil Gaiman would love um, to have. Uh, God, what is the actor's name? Is escaping me right now. I have what you have. Orlando Jones. Thank you, Orlando Jones, who I think did a fantastic job um, as a Nazi. Um, I, I'm sure he would be more than happy to have him back. I don't know if that's contractually feasible. Um, and I know that one reason why he's he seems to have some sort of deal with Prime because Good Omens is on Prime and they just got greenlit for season two, even though all the events of the book happened in season one. So I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. But uh, uh, Terry Pratchett's no more. So Neil Gaiman, I guess, will be telling them the rest of that story. I don't know. Um, I guess so. Um, he's a busy guy right now. Yeah, yeah. He Lots cer- of TV stuff. Well, he certainly is. I'm yeah. glad he found his niche. Finally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk more about HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like Dune the Sisterhood, the TV spinoff of Dune, is going huh. forward at HBO Max. 
I did not know this was a thing. Okay, tell me more. Showrunner Diane Ademu-Jean from the Netflix's Haunting of Bly Manor is replacing John Spates as the showrunner. That is good news because John Spates has overseen many terrible sci-fi movies previous oh. to this. Okay. So uh, we'll see how that works out. But yeah, that is continuing to grow. And I'm sure the thumb is hovering over the button as to whether oh. Denae Villeneuve's movie succeeds. Okay. Yeah. And if it does, the thumb will come off the button. But otherwise, uh, we we don't really know. Is it? Is it a? So you said it's a series? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Well, I know there's on the Bene Gesserit. Okay. The mysterious sisterhood. All right. I know there's quite a few books in the Dune series. (laughs) I have. I haven't read any, but I know that there's quite a bit. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Have you read any? Great anecdote. I have not. Yeah, I've Would got very interest? little interest. Okay, in doing that, but oh, uh, who okay. knows? Maybe someday my mind will be changed. Do you know that Michael B. Jordan is doing it. He's going to be Black Superman. Uh, He's yeah? playing Val Zod on HBO Max. Who? Okay, tell me who Val Zod is. Black Superman. That's right. In 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 what? He is from an alternate universe. Okay, but is is this a TV series or a movie? Do we know? Um, I believe it's a series. Good question. Good, we got a lot of good questions. Okay, all right, but that's. I cool. believe it's a series. It's a character who is. I can't remember if he predates Grant Morrison's attention in him, but Grant Morrison basically, um, with the debut of the Multiversity uh, in DC a couple years ago, sure, when Grant Morrison. Re, re reinvented the multiverse. Yeah. Um, he was sort of like, it's the Obama universe. So Valzad is president of America ah. and he's also Black Superman. Okay. So good guy. I wanted to make sure good guy because, yes. like, I, yes. I mean, Michael B. Jordan did a great job playing the bad guy in um, Black Panther, but I'd like to see him play, you know, uh, a superhero Watch instead Creed. of a supervillain. He's a superhero in Creed. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, let's also talk about <laughs> the fact that HBO Max will be releasing 10 Warner Brothers films Holy cow. straight to streaming in 2022. I thought they were done with that. They said they were done with that. Now they have gone back and said that they're going to pick 10 films. Now, don't ask me. Uh, we don't know what 10 films okay. right Okay. That's interesting. It must have... This says to me that... It's been profitable to them in some way to have Mm -hmm. HBO Max. In Q2, Mm -hmm. which was essentially the uh, late spring, early summer, they added 2.8 million subscribers. That's a lot. Yes. So that's... That's the deciding Beginning of the year. Everybody was inside for a whole year and this is all we've got? Yeah. What a bad bad plan. Right, right, right. We got 3 million people? We're going to do this some more. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Uh, I bet movie theaters are not. Everyone's head is on straight. Yeah. At HBO slash Warner slash yeah. AOL slash Time slash whatever. At least on this, I guess. Um, capitalism. I don't know. Follow the money, I guess. Um, <laughs> That's the wrong movie. Uh, let's talk about two uh, two important civil rights stories being turned into films. Okay. Whoopi Goldberg will star in a movie about Emmett Till's mother which is directed by Chionwe Chukwu. Okay. I 
I got to admit my ignorance. I, I don't know who Emmett Till is. Please Emmett Till me. was a 14-year-old boy who was beaten to death, essentially, <gasps> and lynched for looking at a white woman in okay. the American South. Okay. I think 60s. I've heard the story, but I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't. Okay. Yes. Um, That's awful. Um, But I think it's good that we're, we're making a movie about it. Like, I don't know why. It... Yeah. I mean, we need to um, have films depict actual historical events. Yeah. This will focus mainly on the illegal fight in the wake of his death. Um, His mother was, um, her name was uh, Mamie Till Mobley, and she was somebody who, uh, she she, um, demanded an open casket funeral for him. She gave uh, Jet Magazine permission to publish the the very affecting photos that uh, characterized the case Mm -hmm. and um, fought for civil rights, you know, in the wake of what happened. And so, yeah, it was one of those, one of several important galvanizing moments in the civil rights movement that uh, moved moved things forward. Um. It's just awful that it happened that and, way, and, though. And it's such a funny story, too, which is why I'm glad we've got Whoopi Goldberg on this on this jam. <laughs> what is it? Uh, I'm Robin Williams always wanted to be in serious movies, too, I guess. Like Patch Adams. You don't see Billy Crystal trying to be in serious movies. No, actually, Billy Crystal. Or movies, has, period. <laughs> he hasn't been in a lot <laughs> no, lately. Yeah, great. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that we got that. Also, uh, something that uh, maybe you have interest in because of what you saw recently, but there is a Malcolm X series in the works oh. from his daughter, uh, Ilyasa Shabazz. Is this the um, so okay? Um, so his his daughter is is she directing, producing? How is she involved? Uh, she will be a producer, and I'm sure an advisor on it. And okay. she is also um, you know an, an author and an activist herself. That's really neat that it's, his kid is going to be involved. It's based on two novels that she wrote, um, oh. which I'm, I don't exactly know what they're about, but they've got his name in the title, so I assume that they. Are historical novels, you know, based on his sure. life. Sure. Okay. Well, that sounds really interesting. Where is, is it? You said a series or a movie? Uh, a series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'll have to keep my eyes peeled for it's that. It's being developed by Sony. Um. Nobody's bought it yet. Well, somebody should buy it because we all need to hear more stories about Malcolm X. I think. Yeah. Um. I I think he was a very um you know, an important historical figure that we need to learn more about. So, and it's demonized was, way too much. He was in that movie, One Night in Miami. What? Remember One Night in Miami? It's like the million dollar quartet of, of blackness. It was like, uh, I told you about this when you saw Malcolm X. It's oh, like, uh, okay. one in One Night in Miami, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X. Oh, right. Um, two other people. <laughs> Who I will not guess at. Yeah, right. Uh, you all got together and had a good time. Yeah, what, stole a tiger. What I is, don't know what happened. <laughs> stole a tiger. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they had they had a wild, fun caper full of hijinks. I like that. Probably idea. not that. Yeah, probably. Not. Probably um, got chased by the cops. Hmm. Uh, do you want to talk about what Sean Penn's got going on? Oh boy, do I? Question Sean, mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's uh, the right answer to that? <laughs> yeah. Sean Penn is working on a Stars limited series called Gaslit, and okay, not attempting to gaslight people, okay. he has said that he will not return to the set until everybody is vaccinated. Okay. So, 
Here's what's going on. Okay. Gaslit is based on the Slate podcast, Slow Burn, which is about... Jesus. I have no idea what it's about. Well, the first... it's It covers a couple different things. The first season was about the Watergate scandal. Mm. The second season was about the impeachment of Bill Clinton. Remember I got in a fight with my dad on Thanksgiving about this and about how, obviously... Uh, you know, Ted Kennedy getting a girl killed in Chappaquiddick is the same thing as uh, President Nixon trying to steal the election for himself a second time. Remember that? Um, uh, don't vaguely. answer. And the third season is about Tupac and Biggie. But anyway, <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, all right. You always take a little a little swerve of the third season. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, so anyway, this will be. I don't. I, I'm assuming this will be um, like a dramatization of you know the Watergate scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Stevens plays John Dean in it, and uh, Julia Roberts, Sean Penn. Oh, sweet summer child. I know. The Republicans would love you. Uh, Uh, So, yeah, anyway, it's going to be a uh, dramatization of that. But Sean Penn, he ain't coming back. Until everybody's been vaccinated. Until everyone, until all are clean. Um, I mean, a couple, uh, all right. He's making a stand. Um, I mean, look, I would like it if my place of work, which I'm not going to disclose, um, had made sure that everybody was vaccinated before hey, they returned. Let's leave Buffalo Wild Wings out of this. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, but I don't know if, like, maybe if he, like, banded together with, like, other castmates well, or something like that. Right. Who's you know not I mean? vaccinated? You think Dan yeah. Stevens isn't vaccinated? Of course he is. He's like, put that in my sometimes muscular, sometimes fat arm. Right. Right away. Yeah. My beast arm. Yeah, right. Is it like the bagel guy? Like, who is Like, not... that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, like he he's thinking that, like, some intern or, or something like that Which, or who's for, putting out the food. For or... my part, like, that's, I think that's good. Uh, stick your neck out. Uh, um, hey, look at me, activism. Uh-huh. Right. When Tom Cruise is yelling at everybody. Well. And, and I, <laughs> which I guess he's right. They should all be wearing their stuff. But I don't know what the circumstances were where he saw somebody. It's out of context. Stuff. Right. But yeah. if Sean Penn is like coming back and then he also sees the numbers going up and then he sees the bagel guy as I don't know how he knows is not vaccinated. And he's like, look, you can't do this without me. And I'm not coming back until everybody's got it. Yeah. Right. And number the third part of that is, and I'll pay for it if it needs to be paid for. Well, that's what should be. I know the it's third free, it. yeah. but you have to shut production down. So if he's willing to, you know, foot the bill for production shutting down for right. a, a couple days or whatever. And like maybe help Joe the bagel guy get to I'll worry. drive you there. Right, get exactly. In my canoe, let's go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that's what he's doing or if he's just going home and just, you know, recreationally punching photographers. I don't know. Right, right, right. It, it's like, which is it, Sean Penn? <laughs> I don't know. But I, here's something I do know. Don't yeah. make podcasts, movies. That's dumb. Why are we doing that? I don't know. Do we... I don't know. I don't think we're out of ideas, do you? Uh, I, mm, I mean, there's lots of remakes, I'm just saying. Um... Well, speaking of, not of podcasts. No, speaking, not of podcasts. Speaking of... <laughs> it's just like 50 murders in one movie, right? <laughs> Which one's your favorite, though? Oh my God. Uh, well, speaking of COVID and being afraid to go to the movies, mm. maybe you shouldn't be worried about the COVID. Maybe you should be worrying about the chairs. Uh-oh. The European Why? cinema chain View has been fined a million dollars for safety breaches allowing a cinema manager to be killed by a motorized reclining chair. 
What? I'm, I am so, I don't even know where to start with this. I said cinema manager. Uh, I, I meant cinema goer, which okay. I guess I, I guess that's a word I've never seen that in print before. <laughs> <laughs> a person who went to the movies. A yeah. guy went to the movies. A guy went to the movies and got killed by this a This was in March chair. of 2018. He was get, trying oh. to get his wallet out of the seat. Yeah. He got trapped by the footrest in the seat. And he, it's not funny, and he choked himself. His <gasps> wife couldn't get him out. And he was rushed to the hospital. He died later from his injuries. That's awful. And it's one of those motorized, motorized seats. They, they checked it out and they uh, eventually found that it had blown a fuse so it was not able to work correctly and he got stuck in it and that's what happened. Oh, God. The, the poor man, the poor man's wife. I just, I can't even imagine. The poor man whose life is worth 750,000 pounds. Yeah, that too. I mean, that's, that's it. That's really upsetting on, on, on a lot of levels. I, I mean, mean like, I guess... At what point is it like, oh, no, you, you bear some of the responsibility for trying to get your personal property back? Yeah, seriously? <laughs> okay, maybe, like, you, at some point you, you're like, okay, we need help. Or Let's remember, come this get is, somebody, yeah. but... Remember, this is in America. I, I don't know what the liability laws are like. Um, sure. I, I assume that they are um, a little more strict. Or limited mm-hmm. in like a payout. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like here where depending on what kind of judge you get, it's like, oh, it's a billion dollars or whatever. Yeah, right. Everybody talks about the lady that burned herself with the coffee, which yeah, McDonald's. is a complete myth. I mean, she did burn herself. Yeah. But she did not, you know, she was not, it was not a frivolous lawsuit. She had third degree burns. Yes. Because the coffee was like 200 degrees. Yeah. It was like hotter than it was supposed to be. Yeah. And it was after... Uh, McDonald's had already issued things to their franchisees to say, our, th- our coffee things are set high. You need to turn them down. This place had not done anything with that. They mm-hmm. gave her the thing. It's billed. And she got. She ended up getting like $100,000 to cover her medical bill. She did not get rich off of it. No, right. But yeah, the fact that this guy's life is worth, you know, a million dollars, not even pound sterling, is uh, sad. It is sad. It's really upsetting. And I, I mean, I'm not really sure what to take from this other, I guess, than I guess, be careful around motorized anything, Yeah. you know, and if it seems like, you know, it's not working right, go get somebody to help you because it's not, y- yes, your wallet is important, but it's not worth your life. No. Um. So, you know, if, if you can't get it, just, just. Stop what you're doing and go get somebody. I know. And all this over Ready Player One. Are you serious? Not worth dying for. Oh, my God. He-Man, where the demons dwell and the banshees live. And they do. I kind of feel like the He-Man song sounds a little bit like... Uh, you know, Stonehenge from oh. Spinal Tap. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. They're essentially contemporary. Yeah, I but can, who can see say? that. Yeah, right. Masters of the Universe. No He-Man. Uh, Revelation has come out. Oh. It's on Netflix. It's based, of course, on the Filmation series from 1983, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah. And this series focuses on the unresolved storylines of the original series. Mm-hmm. As a young boy who has seen the entire series... 
of He-Man yes. and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah. There are no unresolved storylines. They don't mm-hmm. exist. I don't know what you're talking about. The only thing I can think of is, <laughs> did those little kids who came to Eternia from Earth uh, manage to get He-Man to accept Jesus into his heart? That's what I need to know. What? There was a He-Man Christmas special where two children... Come to Eternia, and Orko has to take care of him, and he's like, oh, don't be scared, let's tell stories. And they end up telling him the story of how they found him in a manger. And I'm like, oh, is Orko saved now? Is Orko going to put down his black magics, which he was never good at in the first place? That is terrifying and awful. Why does nobody want to resolve the storylines of the 1987 movie, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, starring Dolph Lundgren? Ah, That's what I want to know. Yes, yes. <laughs> which is... Unresolved storylines. Which Screw is yourself. not a good movie. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Do you think like Kevin Smith was just like, does he get high anymore? Do you think he was just like high? I think that's like... all he does because he can do that still, right? Uh-huh, right. Like, I don't know what else he did or he ever did, but his whole thing is losing weight now, right? Yes. He's, you know, very trim. Um, yes. I think that was a doctor's note, but whatever. You yes. Know? And so, yeah, he can swim in his hockey jerseys. Right. And I think all he can do is just get high, right? Uh-huh. That's all he can do. Um, just had a wild hair up his, I don't know, just had a wild hair up his ass. Like, let's just retell He-Man, you know? Well, I don't know. Look, I don't know the story and you're not going to hear it here. No. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. But yes, he was approached or approached somebody to do it. And Mm -hmm. as um, the continued, look, you don't have to like the king, but as the reigning king of the nerds, uh, he was apparently the best guy to do it. Uh-huh. And so he developed a brand new storyline for this show, Masters of the Universe Revelation, that would continue as it take take as given the two years of the toy commercial series. Yeah. Where do we go from there? That's his that's his plot here. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. <sighs> Were you gonna it's so bad. Talk about what happened. <laughs> okay, you're just gonna give it away. Uh sorry. Um it's <laughs> Uh, it, well, li- li- okay, first first of all, I mean, I'm not... I'll do it. Okay. So, Tila is being promoted to man-at-arms. How that works, I don't know. Uh, do, is man-at-arms... man-at-arms? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Woman-at-arms? Yeah. yeah. Uh, is man-at-arms a position or just what his figure is called? I don't... I guess he's the leader of the guard. That means he's man-at-arms. Mm-hmm. And so, a few years have passed since the series. Tila is being promoted to the role... Of Man at Arms, Duncan Man at Arms will, um, I don't know, retire. We never really get that far because as all this is happening, Skeletor and his minions, yep. uh, they, you know, th- do a last ditch uh, effort to attack Castle Grayskull. And they've got a huge army with a lot of those um, buzz saw. I had one. Yeah, right. Buzz saw thing, like toys. S- skeletons or? No, the the the, the black, the, the I think it was a Hordak vehicle wasn't it or was it just he man anyway it's got a buzzsaw this is going to be a lot of me doing this a lot of her saying i don't know but anyway (laughs) all the characters attack castle grayskull and he man and tila and men at arms and the forces of eternia's armies respond um they fight their way down to the bottom of all this is in the first episode so we're just going to spoil the first episode yep they fight their way down to the bottom of castle grayskull Uh where we find that there is a, a a lock that yes. Skeletor tricks He-Man into opening with the Sword of Power. Yep. And it turns out that the um, Castle Grayskull was a, was a lie. It was a fiction mm-hmm. designed 
to hide the Hall of Wonders or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Which was, uh, I'll look it up in my notes. But anyway, uh, which is the the real source of, of, you know, wild, uh, unfiltered magic that... that is the heart of Eternia. There's this and in doing sphere so, of magic. Yeah, and for some reason, Skeletor, maybe he doesn't know what he's doing, but he wants yeah. to destroy this sphere, which will destroy all of Eternia if it happens. So in the last yeah. seconds before that happens, the sorceress manages to uh, you know, prompt He-Man to, to, to make some moves, and he does. He-Man and Skeletor are seemingly destroyed, mm-hmm. leaving... The threat, uh, you know, eliminated, but also uh, Eternia drained of most of its magic. Yes. The series picks up. I guess I'm going to kind of go into the second episode. Yeah. The series picks up a few more years later Mm -hmm. where Tila has basically rejected the kingdom of Eternia, gone off on her own, and is now a just, you know, roaming hero. For uh, hire. Hero for hire. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Taking on jobs and, and doing stuff. Yep. And uh, finds herself facing her past. Listen. Yes. There is nothing particularly wrong with that pitch. No. I think that I made it very clear in my opening that this there are two years of a toy commercial here. Yeah. So you can literally go anywhere. It's just He-Man, a dangerously tan person, yeah. fighting a guy who's like, nah, today let's make all the Eternians wear their hats on their butts. Yeah, right. Exactly. And the He-Man's like, I don't think so, Skeletor. Come on, Orko, let's stop them. Like, that's all the show is. Yeah. And a lot of, like, subtle homoerotic stuff going on. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. And there's been an IDW comic, and there's been a anime reboot that was a couple episodes a while ago. Sure. And they keep, and there was a insurance commercial or whatever. You know, they keep <laughs> trying to do stuff with it, but there isn't, like... As far as like a hook or a pitch, this is probably the most solid hook that's come along for Masters sure. of the Universe in a yeah. while. The problem is, is that it is lamely written. It's and really it is poorly mostly written. poorly performed by its huge celebrity cast that nobody asked for. Yep. But they're all friends with Kevin Smith. Yeah. And so there's absolutely no way that we could just let oh, I don't know, Susan Eisenberg and Kevin Conroy, like, do what they do best yeah. and bring things to life? Yeah. Yes, Mark Hamill's here, but I almost feel like, why? Do you know what I mean? Like, it was. It seems like a big coup to have him play Skeletor. I think it's cool. Skeletor removed from the series. I know, you know, I know. You put him up against Chris Wood, a guy who nobody's heard of, mm-hmm. who plays He-Man. And yeah. so that's that's a tip-off for me. When Lena Headey plays Evil Lynn, you go, oh, Evil Lynn's going to be... I haven't even seen the show yet, and I know that she's going to be a huge part of this. Maybe even a good guy in this. Yeah, right. Because otherwise we have to justify spending all that money on Lena Headey. Yeah. Who is yeah. not a voice actress. I'm sorry. No, I, I love Lena <laughs> Headey, a, but she is not is a, a voice actress. a ridiculous part where she has to pretend to be somebody else because she's, yep. you know, d- disguises herself with magic. And you're the second this character walks out, you go... Oh, Evelyn's back. Because you recognize her voice. Yes. Because she, she didn't disguise, disguise it. it. Because she's not a voice actress. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Henry Rollins is in this. Why? Uh, Alicia Silverstone is yeah, in this. Yeah, I don't know why. Dietrich Bader, uh, a very talented voice actor, yes. is the king. Yes. That's it. He's barely in it. And he's, and he's trap jaw, a guy that doesn't talk. And uh, um, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Plays Tila, yeah. who you and I were talking. Not necessarily the best actress 
a probably even worse voice actress. Um, Raider up against Justin Long, who's also in this. Uh, who is Justin Long play in this? Well, he's a PC or he's a Mac. I know who Justin Long something. is. Who does he play in this? Oh, a guy named Roboto. I don't, oh, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I can't judge. Um, <laughs> you can judge all of his other work, which is... Not great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's, he's But just, Phil Lamar... I know. Classic voice actor. I know. Plays a hero, a character that's, you know, this... And I should say that this is only the first half. Uh, mm. I can't... Except to just keep subscribers coming, I cannot imagine why they would just not release all, all 10 episodes. It. They've only released five episodes so far. That's kind of a weird move. You know, it's a really dumb move because this thing is getting the shit kicked out of it yeah. in the ratings. Now, I don't think it's fair. We know that these are like no. review bombs. You know, these aren't like um, good faith reviews. No. But it's going to totally screw their plan to try to get more people to sign up later. What are you going to do? Promise that it's better? <laughs> that He-Man comes back? And yeah. And all the women, you know, go Disappear. back to the kitchen or something yeah, like that? Yeah, no. There's just, there's no way to win. And other, if there's anything else you want to say about like the plot or what happens in Master of the Universe, go ahead. I would like to turn the rest of the segment into us talking about where are we going? What's the future here? At yeah. some point, you just stop making this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You literally make this for a bunch of fanboys. The reason it's not good, and this is not good. The animation is, I, actually, I'd say the animation is probably okay compared yeah. to a lot of modern stuff. It's I don't okay. I think it's great, mm-hmm. um, but it's fine. Yeah. It matches up to modern stuff. But the reason that you make this and you don't spend a lot of money or time on it is because you think the little fanboys are going to suck it up, right? Yeah. But when you release it and the fanboys all lose their shit and they all give it ones on IMDb. Right. At some point, you're just going to stop doing this, right? Don't look for the Thundercats remake. They're just not going to do it because yeah. what's the point in doing it? Right. But but we need to talk about, I mean, maybe it's obvious, but we need to talk about why it's getting review bombed because- We just did. Well, I mean, we literally just did. The, the writing is bad, but I think the, that a lot of these fanboys are upset because, like you were saying, He-Man and Skeletor aren't in it. And well, we have a scene in the second episode where it's four female characters and a talking uh, cat. Which is which is fun. Which is awesome. And it's <laughs> Stephen, great. Stephen Root is, is Cringer, which yeah. is like, that might be the real coup of this, of this whole series. And I feel like Cringer was acting up a storm here. Yeah, except for the fact that Cringer, not known as being a character that drives the plot forward yeah. generally, but right. that's what we've got this time around. Yes. Um, I always wondered if he was like actually sentient or not, or if he could just talk like a parrot. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but apparently uh, he gives Tila a real pep talk in he this. He does. So he does. he is sentient. Um, no, but, to, but, but the thing is, is that like, look, I'm all for finding new things to do. You found yeah. a new hero in Evil Lynn who... Sure. It's probably good that their skin's not yellow anymore. That was always a bad move. Probably. Uh, but like, it's He-Man and the... Ma- it's telling that He-Man is not in the title. It's Masters of the Universe Revelation. Yes. Why do He-Man without He-Man? I want to, I wonder that myself. There are some flashback scenes where we see He-Man's yes. adventuring a life with T- with Tila and they are a, a double act and they're doing stuff and she's remembering like, you know, this partner that she lost. Yes. And yes, the show was called He-Man, but like Tila in the old show was never a shrinking violet, never needed to be rescued. She right. was always, you know, right up there doing stuff with He-Man. So like I uh, it's not I don't know. I, I there's no way to complain about it without these guys have poisoned the discourse. I, I understand. Um, so here's my yeah. here's my only statement. I think it's a 
I think it's a, a bad business move to reboot He-Man and remove He-Man from your reboot of He-Man. I, I agree with you. I do. I, and, and also Skeletor, because I think Skeletor is such a huge part of He-Man. So you, you take these, these, these two major players out of this um he's on the poster they're the the biggest things on the poster yeah 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 (laughs) right but it's it kind of seems like just playing the devil's advocate here it kind of seems like you're stealthily kind of trying to put tila in there i don't think that's what they were doing i think i don't think it's stealth i think they're just this is a tila series now. yeah yeah and that's what everybody's mad about i understand that I'm just like make make Tila retributions or something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Have it show. called Tila. So something. This feels like bait and switch. Th- that's if what you, I was trying to say. If you make Shira yes. a show that already had a guy with a mustache and a heart on his chest, and 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 she and Shira's too gay for you. Well, then you just don't like how gay it is. Yeah. But it was always Shira. In fact, yeah. they did a lot for. Sh- I, I mean, I didn't really like the Shira show so much because it's just that like. Not very good, like, you know, waka waka kind of writing. Yeah. But I mean, for a kid, great. And then you took the, like, the mythology of Shira and you added a ton of stuff that was yeah, never there before. I think you they really did, filled it out. I think they did a this lot of that. This is taking what but, we know yeah. about this universe, which is like, you know, He Man leads the forces against Skeletor. Yeah. You're like, what if no He Man? I know. <laughs> That's like, say no. Netflix just goes, no. What else you got? Yeah, right. Pitch me something else. I don't. I don't know. Like it's like, and and another part of me is like, I, I agree. Like make it Tila, Masters of the Universe, and also just better writing. The jokes and everything. No, are they're really, terrible. They're really bad. And like the entire first episode, it's, it's like just introducing old exposition. characters, but then using their name somehow. Yes. In like a yeah. So it's like, well, father. I'm going to yeah. give you a hug now. He's, okay, he's, Tila he's not daughter. A he's always been more of a cringer. And then like here comes cringer. Seriously. It it's too much. Yeah. It's it's kids are he's not He's not a stinker. He's a stinker. Yeah. Now that's a terrible joke, but also all this is underline the fact that this character was only called Stink Or because you can trademark Stink Or. You can't trademark the word stinker, which is just a yeah. word. Right. So right. it's like this, it's this, yes, it's just toys. Yes. <laughs> but, but like, how do you make it more than just toys? Yes. And info dumping a bunch of bullshit about the new, the real castle Grayskull and the thing and the having the sword split, which has always been a, like a, a feature of. So in the original toy, there were yeah. two sides of the sword because whoever came up with the, and it wasn't Larry Hama, we'll get to that, but whoever came up with like the very basic boilerplate um, mythology for the f- toys decided that like there would be, there's a sword that half that He-Man has and a sword half that Skeletor has, a purple okay. sword and a gray sword. Okay. If you put them together, you get the power of Grayskull, right? Okay, sure. But that doesn't really fit into like, so you can have He-Man running around with half a sword for all the cartoon. Like they just got rid of that. But it's always sort of come back because all the people like the. This is probably one of the best arguments I can think of to like not have nerds grow up and take over the things that they like. Sure. I mean, the entire Star Trek universe from yep. 2016 on is also a good argument for that. But yeah. And so they got rid of that. But, like, creators keep trying to bring that back in some way. And so Kevin Smith thinks he's found the best way because mm. now the swords together, you know, represent the power of Eternia. But separately, they represent the powers of, like, 
Heaven Eternia and Hell Eternia? Yeah, what was up with that? <laughs> it's like, what? Is this the return of the Christmas yeah. special and Jesus? I oh, yeah. Not, oh, oh, maybe. Yeah. Orko's like, no, wait, I know this one. Wait. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and it's just, for me, it's like, it's taking this very basic, dumb, you know, the the worst part of what you think about uh, comic book writing yeah. and applying it to this. Mm-hmm. It's like when Jeff Johns goes, huh, there's a green ring and a yellow ring. What if there's a rainbow spectrum of rings and one yep. is like courage and one is horniness and one is like that. That's, that's not It's too much. That's just climbing up your own ass with the details. Mm-hmm. That's not never what it was about. Yeah. Last thoughts on He-Man. Uh, I wish it was better. He's not that he. Yeah. Right. Um, I just, more he, less man. I, 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 I don't hate the idea, the premise. I just wish it was done better. And, um, I, I I wish the writing was better. I wish I cared about what was going on. Um, I wish I wanted to continue, but I do not. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to keep watching it because I can't wait to hear all the crazy voices that Lena Headey comes up with. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah! They killed his father, Mm. so he just wandered around for 20 years. (laughs) And then he became a ninja, but not really. Yeah, right. And then he didn't get revenge. It's the story of Snake Eyes. Yes. G.I. Joe Origins. Spoilers. A new superhero film directed by Robert Schwenke. I have no idea who that is. He directed, get ready, you ready? Uh Oh, yeah. Red. Oh, okay. I know Red. R.I.P.D. I don't know that one. A movie that made $78 million on its $154 million budget. He directed Divergent, Insurgent, and Divergent, Allegiant. Oh, okay. Yeah, those films. Yep. All right. And he directed Snake Eyes. So. Okay. I, so it's funny when we decide to like do these things, like go to these things. Mm. And it's one thing to go like, ah, I've been really watching uh, uh, the Doctor Strange 2. Like, oh, oh, whoa. It looks like uh, uh, the writer and the director aren't going to do it anymore. Oh, Sam Raimi's going to do it. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, so, right. Okay. Well, I'll see what happens. Yeah. Are you tracking it? Yeah. And it's something else to go, when's the next uh, action figure movie come out? Let's go see it. Yep, yep, And then you yep. find out that the guy that directed uh, Red <laughs> directed it. I know. And then the guy that wrote it is the guy that wrote, know it, I wrote it, is the guy that wrote the uh, Rock Hercules movie directed by Brett Ratner, God, directed I... the sequel to Snow White and the Huntsman, The Huntsman, Winter's War. Oh, okay. Also, uh, or did I say directed? I mean writing, whenever I'm talking oh, about Oh, yeah, it. all right. Uh, gotcha. 2017's Beauty and the Beast. Oh, the live wrote action. The 2019 Charlie's Angels movie that we were all sexists for not liking, even though it kind of seems like it probably just sucked, right? I did not even bother seeing Whatever that. the crotches were on that one, yeah. it sucked. Wow. And he's also written, oh, I should say, no, no, let's be fair. He's written a lot of direct-to-video stuff, <laughs> like The Lion King one and a half. Oh, boy. Tarzan 2. Oh, okay. Cinderella 3. Wow. The Little Mermaid. 
Ariel's beginning. Yeah, what I want to know is, how did this guy get out of the Disney cage? Yeah, right, 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 right. We have you. Now he's working for Paramount. I know. We have you chained to a typewriter. You you just write the direct video sequel. Paramount. You you can't do anything right, can you? Hmm. In fact, at this point, if anything, and the, and we would not even be here right now if this had happened. But like, they must they let Alex Kurtzman go eventually, right? Yeah. You know. Because he went over to Universal and bombed out there, and now he's back at Paramount, but he's yeah. TV Paramount. Yes. But remember, before, he was part of the Akiva Goldsman-led um, Hasbro Think Tank Writer's Room, uh-huh. where Paramount went, we made this deal with Hasbro, you got to make some bunch of toy movies. So we need toy movies. We need this. We need Power Man. We need Visionaries. We need whatever all this stuff is, right? And that never really led anywhere. It led to, yeah. like, the one Transformers movie where they're all knights or whatever. And that's all that came out of that. Yeah. But I think Alex Kurtzman might have done a better job with Snake Eyes huh. than what we got. Okay. It's a movie okay. that I watched and uh, honestly um, never felt the need to, like, walk out. Right. But didn't know how I felt up until the credits rolled. And then I was like, what a waste of time that was. <laughs> It's a movie that, that, like Fish, just got worse the longer it, it stuck around in my oh, head. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what happens in Snake Eyes? Oh, God. Can I? Um, it's kind of confusing. Um, basically, really. so... It's for children. Snake Eyes? I guess he doesn't really have another name, huh, that we know of. Anyways. He is a young boy. He's a young boy. Who's orphaned. Uh, and his dad, they're at a safe house. His dad gets killed... More or less in front of him, like he escapes the house right beforehand, and uh, the the house goes up in flames. But the the guy who kills his dad is like, you have to roll for your life, and he got steak eyes. So then he's like, oh, that's gonna be my name. Why would he do that? Is I, it is it two d six damage? I don't. What he did get snake eyes, I know. but what what was a winning roll? Better than snake eyes. I mean, I when know. you've got a guy and you're, you're making him basically play for his life, you don't want to sit down and go, "Okay, so here's the situation." You know, it's uh, you what have a possibility of two to twelve, and so yeah, right, right, know, right. six or below, you know, bad news. But seven or above, it's there. and you're actually like you're favored to win, right? Because there are more numbers in seven to twelve than there are in six to two, right? There's only five numbers, and then there's six yeah, numbers there, right, so right. the odds are in your favor. No, it's just like. Well, he just got snake eyes. Yeah, right. I immediately knew we were in trouble. Yeah. Because I don't feel like they've ever, I don't know, maybe in his heart of hearts, Larry Hama knows why snake eyes is called snake eyes. But it was never really important. It never mattered at all why he was called snake eyes. And the fact that they needed to come up with like an origin for the reason that he's called snake eyes. It's stupid. I'm going to name myself after the role that my father got shot in the face over. Yeah. I'm snake eyes. Why would you do that? Why don't you call yourself lucky seven, buddy? Yeah, right. <laughs> Are we playing craps. I know. Seriously, but apparently the guy who 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 killed his dad, the image of him is burned in his mind. And then we flash forward twenty years later. Not that he ever has to identify him. No. <laughs> With his eyes. No, he doesn't. Um, we flash forward twenty years later, and this—he's uh, a pit fighter. Yeah, and because why not? Yeah, that worked for Wolverine. Right. Similar, I guess. He's a loner and he pit fights and he just goes from place to place getting money. Was he ever in the army? Never mentioned. Kind of weird. It is kind of weird. Uh, here's a flash forward in my review. He-Man without He-Man? 
G.I. Joe without G.I. Joes. Yeah, right. The whole point was he was in the army. They're all in the army, but not this guy. No. We'll get to it. Um, And uh, he gets hired by this Yakuza guy, um, and uh, he... For no good reason. No, like... Only to put him in the position of the next scene you're going to describe. Well, and he, he said, basically, I can give you the guy who killed your father. Right, but... I'm not going to work on that. Instead, you're just going to be part of my organization and hang around. Yeah. And then later, you will be very important. And I really should have gone right to that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But he was just like slowly. Forget, forget about the audience. Forget about the audience for a second. Sidebar, just between you and me. Yeah. What Was it the approach of the Baroness that put the plan into motion? Do you know what I mean? No clue. So, the whole thing is that like, did he tell him, okay, you're just going to pack fish for four weeks and your real objective is yes, to Yes, he get did tell him. I think he told him out. that. Because this is not that smart of a movie to no. try to pull that off. No. That's dumb. Mm-hmm. That, that's... And, and I don't think that him and Tommy um, really were that close in, in this uh, Yakuza group. I don't think that... Th- I didn't sense it's that. Over, it's, oh, it's too much plot. Yes. It's overplotted. This is a, this Very is a plotty. comic book. This is an action figure movie. It doesn't matter, but I'll do it real fast. Okay. So anyway, he ends up working for this Yakuza guy. Mm-hmm. Also working for the Yakuza guy is Tommy, who is the uh, scion of this famous ninja clan. But for some reason, he's effing around with the Yakuza. He's an he's under- undercover spy because he knows something fishy uh-huh, is going on at the fish plant. But he accomplishes absolutely yep. nothing. Doesn't Correct. matter, and so he and and Snake Eyes piss everybody off, and they have a fight, and they escape. What we learn later is that apparently Snake Eyes was working for the Yakuza boss because the Yakuza boss wants to infiltrate the Ninja Clan. Everybody is triple crossing everybody else, and then and the and, Yakuza and so guys. Is our cousin. hero is the villain of the piece because what this guy the Yakuza guy wants is he wants this special gem because. I guess there's magic powers in G.I. Joe, but it's not really the focus. But anyway, there's a special gem that gives you mutant fire powers or whatever. And that's what he wants. So Snake Eyes, throughout the first two thirds of the film, pretends to be a good guy who's bonding with Tommy and is going to pass the trials of the... Arakage ninja clan, uh-huh. which is part of his backstory, yeah. to become to get the ninja skills, which you never see him trained to get. Yep. Also, he can yep. lie to them, betray them, yep. and fail the tests, and then steal the rock, and then later decide that he doesn't want to do that, and then join them. Yep. Correct. Our hero. Our hero. The good guy. The good guy. Yep. And then Tommy become is revealed to be a but bad the- guy at the end as well. Well, I was not going to We're doing that thing where we don't spoil the third act of the oh, film. Sorry. So people could go in still, but okay, everybody knows that, that Tommy is Storm Shadow. So oh, okay. we're not going to cut that. All right, fine. In fact, they Tommy should cut it with his swords. Yes. Because he's a samurai. That's right. Henry Golding is not, I think, a good actor. So far, I've yeah. seen him look lovingly at a, a girl. Yep. And I've seen him look... Lovingly at a man. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I don't know if he's uh, I don't know if he's any good or not. I'm not can't sure tell. either. Can't tell. Honestly. I don't I can I cannot be uh, this is maybe brutal, but I don't know how many of the actors in this are really great actors. I, I I'm not sure any of them are. It's really I have no idea who bad. Andrew Koji is. I don't either. I don't I think he's a bad choice. 
Yeah. I know that he has karate powers. And mm-hmm. so maybe for that element, he was a good choice to play uh, Tommy. Yeah. Uh, but I don't feel like he is menacing. And I feel like he knows he's not menacing and he weighs about 145 pounds. And so he has to just do this. You know, he's like doing this. Oh, he's got the worst face of it. Yeah, you know, right. Oh, he's mad. Yeah. He's a, he's a nin- mad ninja. I know. Um, and I thought that Akiko did a good job. She did. Although, you know, it's like a TV level acting. But... Ruka uh, Abe, I thought she did a pretty yeah, good job. But uh, yeah, she was solid. Um, it's weird that we've talked about He-Man and now we're talking about Snake Eyes. And there's like plenty of scenes in both <laughs> things that like totally pass the Bechdel test. I know. There's, yeah, it is just, weird. I mean, it's good, I it, guess. It's a, it's a good weird. Yeah, it's it's good. a positive thing. But yeah, it's just, just odd. But yeah, um... She's, you know, solid but not great. And always, here's why she, she doesn't matter. Because we know that she's not the focus. We know yeah, that. I know she's Bechdel not. test aside, um, strong character aside, really like the most upright, honorable character in the film who's just going to get it done. Her name's not on this thing. She's not the hero. Mm-hmm. And so instead we follow Henry Golding, a character who reminds me a lot of the character Cole in Mortal Kombat, which is like, why oh do I gosh, care yes. about Cole? Yes. Why he, do he, I care he, about he's him? He's very There's similar. a guy with a buzzsaw hat. And a guy who's, you know, who's Bruce Lee's grandson is clearly supposed to be the guy who's the hero of this. Yeah. Who cares about Cole? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my thing with Snake Eyes. Why do I care about Snake Eyes mm-hmm. other than the movie's called Snake Eyes? I'm not invested in his his goal to, to his revenge. find revenge. Yeah. Because it's not, you know, as our hero, we know it's not a good thing. And we know it'll be subverted. And yeah. it is. It is. He's not even invested in it. No. And so, like... Why do I care? Yeah. And also, we don't see him. We don't see him accomplish things. In a Jackie Chan movie, uh, the old guy with the hat is going to hit him with a stick until he does a lot of sit-ups. And then we see, oh, now he's old. Painting the fence was was the moves or whatever. He's learned the moves. Snake Eyes is just like a world-class pit fighter who hangs out with ninjas for two days and is now a ninja. Yeah. That's like his real power. Yeah. It's just absorbing other people's skills, I guess. I guess. They just give him a he sword. He picks it up with his eyes. It, they just his give... snake eyes. Yeah. Well, isn't his face supposed to be effed up too? I don't know. You tell me. You watch the cartoon. It's yes. not. I, I don't know if it's in the cartoon because that's for kids. But like in the comic book, you know, like his first mission, he gets his face blown off. Okay. <laughs> and then from then on, he wears the mask all the time because he has no face. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Um, He's also a white guy. Yeah, I know. that. I don't really care about that so much. What, are they saving his dog? Where's Timber? Are they saving that for Snake Eyes 2? Who's Timber? His his, his Timberwolf dog. Oh, I don't know. Why wasn't that in this? (laughs) I don't know. Isn't that marketable? Because it's origins. It's not cool and realistic. It's it's not origins. You know what's cool and realistic? Hmm. A gem that can explode people. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's not great. Uh, He's... Barely, he's he exists because of Crazy Rich Asians. I'm sorry. I know he's on TV or something before that. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else in this is nobody you've ever heard of. I'm kind of including Samara Weaving in that. Ouch. And then uh, the the Baroness. Yeah. The, she's she's like some Spanish soap actress. Okay. Isn't, this is where you put another name, right? Yeah. This is where you put that Lena Headey comes in. Right, right, right. In a cat suit, and mm-hmm. she's the Baroness. Yeah. Like, I, I can't tell you if she did a good job or not, because the part was just so nothing. But it, Yeah, they it, didn't really write it out that is well. Is this a tax write-off? That's my question. Mm, I don't know. Um, because they, th- this is a summer film, 
And it's going to make... It didn't feel like it. It's going to make around $15 million tops its first weekend. That's the most it's ever going to make. Yep. Did Old they, whooped its butt. And it cost $170 million. Did they have any plan for this at all? That was probably more around like 100, $110 million. Yeah, but still, I I don't know. Like, I feel like they didn't really market this that well. Like, I... Uh, the, the trailers are, do the normal thing where it's like all the cool stuff's in the trailer. I yeah. saw this based on the trailer. I was like, okay, this looks all right. Yeah, but I don't... Uh, from my perspective, I didn't see the trailer until like a couple of weeks ago. Like they weren't. Yeah, and then you immediately told me we got to go see that. Well, but they weren't pumping it out. Why weren't they pumping it out? <laughs> Look, like I, I've been. It seems like it, it worked on these two dingbats. I guess. <laughs> I mean, okay. And then Samara Weaving plays Scarlet, who is a GI Joe. She's the only GI Joe who's in this. But like, I don't know. She has this big speaking part at the end and maybe it's partially the dialogue but it, it just was like oh this is just kind of hitting flat and she, i just she's terrible uh, she's absolutely I, terrible i i don't want and to she's dislike been her terrible but in everything i everything that she's been in she's and other than bill good. and ted she's she's had a, a a couple movies recently where they put a gun in her hands and then she's jumping around and shooting things and you don't she looks good jumping around shooting things you don't notice that she's bad but you're right like that last part where she has to we've never Barely talked about the Joes the whole movie. They've got to convince Snake Eyes to join the Joes at the end. Yeah, right. Like he would do that, betray them, I guess. Right, uh, I know, right? And she's got that speech about, which is supposed to tie it together because yes. it's, we haven't mentioned his father in a long time. He did all this for his father. He yeah. never talks about his father the whole no. movie. There's no point where he and Tommy, and he goes, you know, Tommy, I, I love these ninja skills, but it's really my father I'm thinking about. Whole movie, that's that's dead. I know, I know. Until we bring it back and she has to nail at the end. She's like... Your father was also a G.I. Joe. <laughs> You're just like, oh, no. I know. It's like, really? I just so. Agent Smith, take, I know. take her out. She So when we first meet her, she she's like in an airport coming somewhere. And there are guys following her. And she's talking to uh, Snake Eyes and Tommy and Akiko on the phone. Yes. In and their they, Ninja Recon Computer Center. Right, right. <laughs> and these thugs, these, these I shouldn't say thugs, these, these, these toughs follow her into the restroom, which is bizarre behavior anyways. And then... They have a cobra. Yeah, right. But she's like, I need to take care of something. But they're just waiting for her. They know she's on the phone and they're just waiting for her they're, they're they're patiently waiting for her to make a move yeah they're not they're they're polite cobra it's a bad action movie i just why would they wait she's like hold on a minute and they're like oh now the action starting it's a car- cartoon i know i know it's i mean it was a, a it was an interesting like she they used have parts one of her suitcase alleyway set that this will represent all of japan all of tokyo <laughs> yeah so uh, and I, they set up some okay, like, moves in that. But instead of, like, really committing to a long-ass action scene, it's abortive. Like, a lot of the action in this, a lot of the action is, like, far away or, like, let's fight. Let's go see what Snake Eyes is doing. It's like, no, there's a, there's a big ninja fight going on yeah, here. Right. Like, did they just not have the skill, the, the choreographer? They've got, you know, Iko Uwais is in this. He's the guy from the raid. He's the one guy that it's like... This I'm supposed to know who this guy is, right? Mm-hmm. Or like people, action fans will know who this guy is. Yeah. And he doesn't do anything. All He is also not a great actor necessarily, but he's a very skilled martial artist. Right. And it's like, oh, he's going to fight 20 guys. No, let's cut away somewhere else. <laughs> and we come back and most of them are beat up. Yeah, it's... 
I just you you usually you hang your your hook on 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 something, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've got a good story. This Great hung it on the arts. on the property, I guess. But you've got a good story. You've got a good fight scenes. You've got something. Yes. I think they thought they had a good story. I think they thought they were making like the departed of like action figure movies because every ten seconds there's some new thing where Tommy's like, the thing about honor is that you've got to get the honor and you put it inside of more honor, you know, and you, you do it with mm-hmm. your blade or whatever. And then Henry Golding's like, okay, blank face. And then we move on to the next scene, and then there's an old lady going, you must put the honor up in the thing, and the guy, and he's like, okay, if I was Chris Pratt, I'd have a funny line here, but instead I'm just like, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, all right. I, <laughs> I just felt like, too, like like the this jewel that shoots fire or whatever, like, so their clan is supposed to protect it, but not supposed to use it. What okay. That, yeah. They, they say that, but then they don't, like... And they, Tommy says, like, only a few people have access to it, but they never set up how they have access to it. Like, I feel like... Take the snake... gym out. Yeah. Why does it matter? Yeah. The Yakuza guy just gets... Cobra gives him a bunch of uh, uh, fox bats and uh, jets and stuff like that, and now they can do the same thing, which is destroy the Arakage compound or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And then Tommy is honor bound to not do something that he does out of rage anyway it's all yeah. the same why does yeah. the gem exist it, i know it only exists to make this Be like a, a superhero movie basically yeah. right yeah mm-hmm. and to give snake eyes something to steal mm-hmm. it just doesn't it, it's so it's so plotty and it's not even good plotty like it's just bad plotty yeah yeah it's like oh snake eyes has the gem There's oh also the gem's movie. over here oh oh okay now the yakuza's got yeah. the gem he's gonna give it to but cobra it, but he even, doesn't give it to cobra but even if there was a lot of passing of the gem around that might have been more interesting the gem's in one place for most of the film yes and then it's just taken away and then yeah. given to somebody else and then yeah um, it's also a movie that doesn't understand like what time of day it is I feel yeah. like I, I, the daylight is all always passing at some point Robert Schwenke decided that he wanted you to know that he understood like continuity of like sunrise and sunset so no, most action movies you never like see the airport fight in, in, in Civil War and go oh boy oh it must be dusk the yeah. sun's going down right 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 you don't care it just goes on for 20 minutes you accept that it's 20 minutes of real time or whatever yes. and that's fine right. but th- there are constant scenes in this where they will go into one thing and Tommy will talk about honor for a while then they'll walk past some windows or go back outside Side and it's later. Yep. And for the most part, they get a progression right. Although I question how much time they spend dickering around that the sun yep. is moving so far. But when they get it wrong, it's really wrong and it's really jarring, taking you out of it. Yeah. And it's the reason that most movies just ignore it. Yeah. So he goes, he steals the thing, and he steals it in what seems to be like early twilight, you know, mm-hmm. like early morning, mm-hmm. right? And he has a fight with the lady with the spear. Yes. And he punches her. I guess she's she's a combatant. It's fine. Uh, and she basically just lets him go. And then he yeah. goes out and drives his bike and he meets Cobra and he gives him the rock and it seems like it's noon. Yeah, it's 12 dog. noon. Yep. And they go, the, you know, the guy you want is in there. And he goes into this little, you know, bar and there's about three minute long scene. Yeah. He goes back outside. It's completely dark. Yep. Like it's, <laughs> it's like, what? That's, that is some Mitchell level bullshit. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like this, this is a B movie. Yeah. It feels like a B movie that cost $110 million. And what I mean by B movie is, I mean, 
the intention to display cool action that you can't pull off because you don't have the manpower or the skill. I mean, not even though you've got $110 million, wanting to do things that you can't do all the way. And mm-hmm. so replacing it with like, oh, yeah, so the, this crime lord, he's mad at this guy. So we're going to talk about that. And look out when this guy shows up. It's just like talking, endless talking in rooms. Yeah. Then the ones that we blew up that van that we bought real cheap, you know, yep. that one thing you can afford. And it's like Samurai Cop. Do you know yep. what I mean? It's, it's like Samurai Cop, the G.I. Joe movie. If Samurai Cop was a Joe, <laughs> that, would, that, would be, that would be this. This would be a sequel to that. But it's like not as good as Samurai <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Because at least that was. Well, it doesn't have Robert Zadar in it. Yeah, it doesn't have Jean Claude Van Damme either. You well, know? He's not in Samurai Cop. Oh, what? Why was I thinking he was in Samurai Cop? He just lost all credit. Time Cop. I'm thinking of Time Cop. <laughs> time, time, well, Time Cop. You know what? Time, <laughs> great, 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 great pull. Okay. Time Cop did not, had about uh, less than half of the money that this movie had, I believe. Yeah. But um, there's actually some pretty bad set pieces in time. Okay, there but, are. But they but they planned it. They knew that they needed you know this part to this part to this part. Um, why why is a movie about a guy a cop that can travel through time um, a semi home alone for the last act mm-hmm. where it's at his house? Yeah, and he's just crawling on the roof and stuff like that. Right. Well, because they're running out of money, right? Yeah, right. But you still got, I don't know, you got the time sled and you've got the, he goes back, He there's that weird trip to the 1920s and the stock market crash. Yeah, I don't, yeah. They had some ideas. They did. Yeah. Yeah. This movie has got no ideas. Yeah. No, 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 no. <sighs> Wouldn't recommend, I'm guessing. Um, Sadly, no. Um, I mean, I like that it took place in Japan, although I think you and I were talking about it, like, would have been nice if, like, somebody on the creative team was, like... I'm sure it was all shot. Japanese. Right. It's probably all shot in LA. Um, I don't know. Like, the shots of the exterior of the castle, I didn't check, so don't quote me on this, but it... it, Oh, yeah, the the castle stuff was in Japan. I think the rest was probably just in Vancouver. Probably, probably, yeah, but it's most likely... um, There was a tram that looked... That looks like a Canadian tram. The Japanese tram would be a lot better than that. Yeah, I think you're, you're <laughs> probably right. Um, it's most likely shot at Himeji Castle, which is the largest castle in Japan, and I think was what was used in the the Bond film. Yeah, uh, you only live twice. You only live twice. Um, so what um, happens to GI Joe going forward? I, I don't think Paramount can give up. Right? They can't give up. So, oh Jesus, do we get a Scarlet movie next? I, no, I think there's going to be a Storm Shadow movie next. Oh, do you think so? I think maybe. Well, I mean, they this made was a big kind. Deal. This was the Storm Shadow movie, wasn't it? It was really more about him than it was about Snake. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you get a Scarlet one or a Storm Shadow one. Um, I don't really know. You know, and Snake Eyes will be in there somewhere. Um, I'm trying to think of like the next most popular Joe character, and since um, William Perry's dead. Uh, and Sergeant Slaughter's dead. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Law and Order. Oh uh, where do we go next, right? Yeah, uh, right. Here's the answer. You don't go anywhere. You had a perfect formula before. You you had the look, before we saw this, you said, Do I see the first yes, two G.I. Joe movies? I did. And I said, I don't think it's necessary. Right. Because it's, it's an not origins, connected. Plus they're not that great. But that being said, they are a lot more fun. And I think they understand what they are more mm-hmm. than this movie ever did. And if you tried to make those again now, you'd probably try to make them like kind of serious, but like, you know, Joss Whedon, like the Marvel movie, right? Serious, yeah. but funny. 
Um, I don't think you should do that. I think you should go ahead and just make more Team Joe films and have them be silly and have them yeah. you know, have Christopher Gleston with a metal face. Sure. And uh, and all the weird stuff and, and program against. Give people some schlock. Give them some something they can throw their popcorn at. Like everybody thinks they they want they want the what Marvel has and they want to recreate that and have a Marvel u- cinematic universe but it, the thing is the I Hasbro feel like Hasbro universe. Yeah, right. But I don't feel like anybody really knows how to with how to go about recreating that. No, like even DC's... Transformers even Transformers no. f- fans know that the their movies are, are suck. They're not like there's no plot to them. No. They're not like man, I hope Cade McShotgun or whatever his name is really makes it happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope that guy stops raping his daughter. Oh my god! But look at the, look at look at the look at the the Fast and the Furious movies, right? I mean, it's the same characters. It's not quite the same thing as the Marvel universe, but it's like the Fast and the Furious universe, and it's not trying to be anything that it's not. And it's gotten more ridiculous as as the films have gone on, but it's fun. You know, and I think it is in some ways it's it's, it's somewhat counter programming. You know, I, I, they created something. I, is it? Do in they some know? Ways? They don't know they're funny. And here's how I know: because oh, in the don't? most recent one, they just begin to introduce elements like, "Oh man, are, are we invincible?" Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay. I, yeah, I pity I I rue the day that that Fast and the Furious becomes fully woke to the the, the possibility of putting non-arm butter based comedy into, okay. their, into right. their movies that yeah. they're really going to go downhill. Here's a little but. snippet for you. Snake Eyes, 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. Samurai Cop, 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, there you go. The people, they have spoken. Yes. All right, well, I wish we had better things to say. It looks like yeah. the, the, the toys that made us are the toys that played us. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for the new Ninja Turtles film. <laughs> is that crappening? Who owns GoBots? I don't know the answer to that. Is that crappening? I, yes, it is crappening. I, did I say crappening? I don't know. <laughs> the tale of the tape will tell. <laughs> Follow us on social media if you accurate. want more talk about this sort of stuff. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places. Also, uh, look us up on your listening platform of choice and subscribe to the show because it's going to come to you as soon as it's ready. That's right. We don't play favorites here. The second no. we hit the button, pull the trigger, it comes flying out like a like a ninja star from a ninja's hand. Yes. Who's in the ninja band. That's right. And, uh, Which we didn't see uh, Snake Eyes learn how to do. No, but, you he know. didn't throw any ninja stars. <laughs> what if there were? There was like... no training. Like here, here, here are these three trials. You know nothing about. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Also, we have giant snakes. Yeah, that's part of the trial. Yeah, that's right. a big part of the trial. Yeah. Did anybody at any point go giant snakes, serpentor, cobra, snake eyes? Snake eyes. He's he's got snake in his name. Yeah, let's have snakes. Yeah, right. Ever made the connection between like cobra and then also the existence, not in this film, but in the lore of an entire snake-based kingdom. Yeah, where (laughs) which Joe the GI Joe took a weird turn into in 1988. No. Anyway, cobra. Cobra. (laughs) It's all real. Anyway. 
Give us uh, five stars. Uh, We'd appreciate that when you give us a review on those services. That's it for us. We're going to sign off, finally, and we'll be back next week to talk about something else. And until then, we are, like I said, signing off. Allow myself to sign off myself. I'm your host, Caliban. (laughs) I'm your co-host, Mikan Keep the geek fire burning.